0: Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on and now starting an hour earlier welcome inside the radio octagon this is the sports cage on 620 CKRM here's your
1: host Michael Ball back in the chair thanks to Zinger and Blaine for covering for me Uh, yesterday this show on this Thursday is brought to you by our good friends at the Canadian Brew House, the home to lots of great sports, can watch Major League Baseball. You could have been there this afternoon to watch the Jays lose to Baltimore four to two. Only beaten the O's once this year. Um, O's have the second best record in the majors. You can watch. Um, CFL football tonight down there if you want to pop down to the brew house. Enjoy their menu. Lots of great food specials and drink specials. New drink specials, new food specials on their menu at the CBH Canadian Brew House. Uh, tonight it's Calgary and Ottawa. We'll get into that in a second. Um, 936-6262 is the number to text. That's also the number to call locally if you want to talk some football. Hey Zinger, do we have uh, picked the score today? Yes, we do. We do. Okay, good. So we're going to get to that a little later on. Uh, let's say about three 345 will yeah. pick the score. Yeah, um, Riders, Blue Bombers, it's a 7 o'clock kickoff here tomorrow. Our pregame show begins at 4. We'll get into the lineups, but um, Trevor Harris is a GTD game time decision. I can tell you right now, in my humble opinion, without any inside information, Trevor Harris ain't going to play. He's not going to play. It's going to be Mason Fine playing. I, 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 Quite honestly, I don't want him to play. It's only week two. Um, I'd rather have him healthy instead of, can you imagine Willie Jefferson licking his chops coming after Trevor Harris who isn't very mobile to begin with and the hip pointers, it's no joke so yeah, he is not going to play Darrell Walker won't play Nick Marshall won't play we'll get into uh, the rest of the depth chart and everything coming up in a bit but yeah, do you think he'll play?
2: No, I don't think he'll play. Like uh, I'm with you, I don't think he should play. It's also a good opportunity to see Mason fine again, to see if he's improved from last year.
1: Now, Jake Dolagala because of uh, a nuance in the, like you can't take a guy off a practice roster. Uh, oh, more rules. And then to put him right on no. to the, right onto the game day roster. So as it sits right now, If Harris doesn't play, then it's just going to be a two-quarterback situation. It'll be Mason Fine and Shea Patterson. That totally changes my picking mentality. And you'll say, oh, Ballsy, you picked the Riders to win. I did. Before I knew Trevor Harris wasn't going to play. No disrespect to Mason Fine, I think it's still going to be a close game, but I got to give the edge to the Bombers now, don't you? It's yeah. like it's like a stock. I thought the stock was going to do this, and it underperformed, or something changed with it, so I'm going to dump the stock. So I'm going to change that pick.
2: Now, I know this ain't no quarterback, but I think Jackson Jeffcoat isn't playing. No, he's out. As well. He's out with that, so that calf I mean, injury. That's a,
1: that's he's a, on the six-game injured list. He's been replaced on the depth chart by Miles Fox, who comes in. Um, he's comes over to. Uh, Winnipeg from BC. So we'll get into all that in a little bit, but yeah, it's not looking so great for the Rough Riders injury-wise early on. It'll be a full house in Halifax for the second year in a row. The CFL announced today that their annual Touchdown Atlanta game is sold out. Game is scheduled to be played on Saturday, July 29th between your Rough Riders and the Toronto Argonauts at St. Mary's University. It has a capacity of 10,600 including 9,000 seats in the West Grandstand and 1,600 behind North and South End Zones. To meet demand, the league made 1,000 new spots available in the Church Brewing Party Zone, so they've added 1,000 more seats at $40 a pop. So there you go. So it's just one
2: grandstand on one side of the field. I'm trying to visualize
1: They've it. They've got, here. yeah, like a, where, where, where I'm assuming we're going to broadcast from mm-hmm. is like the smaller side okay. and then they put grandstands on the far side. It's a, nice, okay. it's a nice setup there. Beautiful area. Okay. So looking forward to that. Um, But it's sold out. That's some good news. Then people are, oh man. People, some media types, some fans. No, it's all lighthearted. I'm not going to get too worked up about it, but it's like, because said, Randy Ambrosi, the great commissioner of the Canadian Football League, said, we can't get to 12 teams if we don't get to 10 first. Eh. 12? Yeah, Randy, Randy, <laughs> Randy, Randy, Randy. Media types and fans. 12. Let's go through the teams right now while we can. Zinger, let's do a little little dive on the teams. Um, Saskatchewan, solid in terms of the fan base and future right now. Winnipeg solid. Okay? Uh BC solid. Hamilton solid. Um I would say Toronto is okay in terms of they've got rich owners, okay? Mm-hmm. Montreal looks like they're solid for the first little bit cuz uh Palado is he's in, okay? And he's did a good job the first game. They got 20,000. Um but I wouldn't say that's That's not like rock solid, okay? I don't know Mm -hmm. that Toronto's rock solid in terms of support, okay? Ottawa, they've got good owners, but the fans are pissed. Like, you think about it. They've lost 23 of their last 25 home games going into tonight's game against Calgary. Mm -hmm. And they still had fans show up last year around 20,000. But... Uh, The heat is on, as Don Henley would say. The The heat heat is is on, on on, on the street in Ottawa. I I think they're going to win tonight, You think Ottawa's going to win? Yeah. I hope so. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. um, So, Calgary? Eh.
2: I feel like Calgary is just on a... They, they're up
1: for sale. I've heard they're up for like if you can if you want to go by and buy the Stampeders, they'd have no trouble the Flames unloading them. Uh, Edmonton is not in good stead. Um, so there's two teams right there. L- let's put you this way. We've got about five teams that are rock solid. The rest are on shaky ground. And we got people talking silliness here that we are gonna we're going to ten and then maybe twelve. We're never going to twelve. Twelve is never. Sorry, never say, never. As long as I'm alive, which hopefully is another 30 years, plus, there will not be 12 teams in the CFL. They've been talking about 10 teams since the late '70s.
2: Mhm. right? I don't even know where they would plop the other teams: London, Ontario, uh, I yeah, don't Victoria. Know. Victoria. They're
1: I'm, not coming to Saskatoon, so cool it. Yeah. They're not coming to Saskatoon. I can't even
2: believe we're talking about this. What's like, what I mean, I don't even think. I don't even know if Atlantic Canada is people, happening.
1: People's to, people are talking about it. Hey, coming up, we got Play Now picks with our buddy Ben Whiting, former Husky football player, current Husky coach, works for PlayNow.com, the only legalized gambling site in Saskatchewan. And uh, we'll get to some of his different selections coming up here. But, uh, Zinger, this portion of the show, you got you got Ottawa tonight, eh? Yeah, I think
2: they're going to win tonight. My, Arbuckle? Uh, um, it's not going to be any thanks to Arbuckle. I think they're going to have a good defensive performance. I think Jake Meir is going to suck again. Mm-hmm. And
1: I think Ottawa, they're at home. I think they're going to sneak by. Okay, so I got Calgary tonight. Edmonton at BC. I got the Elks by eight the Alks? I think the Elks are going to win. That's Ooh. that's what they do. They they they're down. They're up. They're down. They're up. I think Trev, uh, Taylor Cornelius has a great game.
2: No, oh, I think BC's going to win. I can't stop visualizing when Edmonton went to BC Place last year. I was like fifty to nothing in the third quarter, or something like that. I know it's a new year, but no. Hamilton and Toronto. Who do you got? I think uh, I think Toronto is going to win. Get
1: Ty Cats by four there. I think Bo rebounds.
2: I don't think Bo's rebounding. Okay, no. And uh, the only thing rebounding is going to be his arm falling off, bouncing off the turf.
1: <laughs> now I got the Riders, but I had the Riders by four over Winnipeg. That's before I really thought about it, um, and and found out it's murky, murkier and murkier for Trevor Harris's status. I say the Bombers by touchdown. Yeah, like I hope it's competitive. We could maybe steal it. It would be outstanding if we did. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm
2: like, I'm glad you went that way because I was going to say I don't know how to pick these rider games because it seems like everyone gets mad at me when I d- no. don't pick the riders. No. I, I don't. I just. Don't... I want the
1: riders to yeah, win. Yeah, I want them to win. I think. I... I think if Harris was healthy, we'd have a chance to pull the early season upset. But the Bombers have won seven in a row against Saskatchewan regular season and playoffs. Hey. I
2: the Riders need a, a a kick return touchdown kick or punt return. okay? Yeah. and they need a. Uh, you know, a Pick big six or a big short yeah, they, field. They they need
1: they need a good defensive performance, yeah. and okay? they'll get that. But can they hang with Winnipeg? That's going to be very key. Uh, Major League Baseball. Adley Richmond and Austin Hayes homered, and Anthony Santander singled in the tie-breaking run of the six, and the Orioles beat the Jays four-two behind a strong pitching performance by Tyler Wells. Rutchman went three-for-four to help the Orioles overcome a pair of homers by Danny Jansen of Toronto in the deciding matchup of the three-game series. Baltimore's won six of seven and owns the second-best record in the majors at forty-three and twenty-five. Regina Red Sox, what they've won six in a row now,
2: haven't they, Zinger? Well, they lost last night. They- they, they lost? Yeah, they were winning until the rain delay happened. There was a 45-minute rain delay last night, and it just totally that. just threw a wrench into oh, everything. Oh, I thought they was, won. So
1: what, what was the it final was score?
2: 10, Ten to six, the final. The Swift Current 57s. They just decided to start hitting in the top of the ninth, and that was it. That was the first game for Kamanoski as the manager, right? Yeah, that was a he drove 20 hours from Indiana. To Regina. I, I heard your interview it was very good. And he popped his tire outside of Minot. Minot, yeah. What's you know going what, on down there in the state of North Dakota? Minot,
1: huh? Minot. You don't want to break down <laughs> in that place. Uh, actually, I like Minot. Uh Right now at the, uh, the leaderboard, we got a tie at the U.S. Open in Los Angeles. That's a dump. Uh, Xander Shoffley, Scha- Scha- is how you say it, I believe, is minus eight along with Ricky Fowler. And then Su Woo Kim, Japanese golfer, minus three. And Scotty uh, Scheffler is minus three. So there's your leaderboard. Two guys have a five-shot lead through the opening round of the U.S. Open Major Golf Championship. And... um Former line mates, Jerome McGinla and Craig Conroy are reuniting. The Flames announced today that Ginla has returned to the franchise as a special advisor to Craig Conroy.
2: He so wants to be an office boy now, huh? All time so. lean goal score, all time lean points.
1: Now he's gonna count some paper clips. Okay, I see you. When we come back, we'll hear from Coach Craig Dickinson and take a quick rundown of the depth chart. This is the sports cage for the Canadian Brew House on six twenty CKRM. Right. Follow
0: us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620
1: CKRM. Get those texts coming. 936-6262 powered by the Capital Auto Group. We also have our hotline sponsored by Western Pizza. Mm, I'm going to get me some Western Pizza tonight, actually. I'm having some Western Pizza That's tonight. That's a good idea. I am. No, I'm, absolutely. I'm, when this show's done, I'm headed right to Western Pizza. No, me. I am too. Good. No, me. What are you, Casper? (laughs) No, me. I go too. I've been hanging around with BB too much. Anyway, uh, let's hear from Coach Craig Dickinson before we take
3: a deep dive into the uh, depth chart. I mean, we're hopeful that he feels better in the morning and and is is able to play, but we felt it was probably the best uh, way to designate him as a game-time decision because truly it will be. How how he feels tomorrow, does he feel like he can play effectively and move enough to protect himself? Ours, Ours, the club's but uh, he's going to be heavily involved because he knows his body better than we do so the training staff will will have some input on it he's going to have a lot and then i'll have the final final say it's not ideal for sure but um you know football is a team game and we feel good about the room we certainly want trevor out there he's our leader and he's our he's you know he's the the straw that stirs the drink on offense so we're hopeful he'll play but football is a game of, of adversity and you're going to get it at some point in the season, and we hope to, hope to not get it this early in the season, but if it happens, Britain, we'll, we'll, we'll move on and we'll, we'll be just fine. Yeah, the I, wish, over the yeah, I wish that was an easy answer. Everybody's trying to beat the Bombers. They're just a well-oiled machine right now, super veteran group. Uh, I think you've got to keep the ball away from Zach. You know, if you give him too many opportunities, he's going to hurt you. Um, so I think the better your offense plays, the more you can run the football and keep it away from their offense, I think the better you're going to be. But it's a good group. You know, they're, they're sound on all three phases. They're well coached. They're well managed. And it's a it's a bunch of talented players. I mean, you look at the top 10 CFL players, according to TSN, they got about six of them on there, it seems like. So they're loaded. But uh, our guys are ready to play, and I'm confident in our group.
4: What have you seen
5: from Deontay Williams? You Talking to him out there, this start means a lot
3: to him. Yeah, yeah, he's a good football player. He came in right away during camp and, Showed he could compete. Um, relatively young guy, but he's played a lot of good football. Was with Seattle for a while, and um, it'll be it'll be a fun game for him. You know, he's had a good camp. He deserved the opportunity to make the team, and he did. And now he's being uh, given an opportunity to play a little more.
6: What
7: is going on with Nick Marshall?
3: Yeah, is- shoulder last game. So we're. Uh, Treating the shoulder, and when he's healthy, he'll be back out
7: there. Walker
3: yeah, it. he's got a little bit of a knee issue, and uh, you know we were told by the training staff six to eight weeks.
7: Was Marshall playing through that injury all game? Then? Yeah, he
3: heard it. He heard it on the punt return. So I would say he probably played through it half the game. Taylor,
7: how
8: long would you expect him to be out?
3: Did Nick he was able to play. To week. Yeah, week to week, he would probably be good to go next week.
4: Um, the defense was outstanding last week, um, but
5: obviously there are two rookies stepping in this week. so how does the defense feeling
3: going into it feel good i mean it 's such a short week you don 't have time to get that nervous <laughs> i mean let 's be honest, we feel like we just played a game, which we did almost so I just think we 're going to play our game that 's the one message to the team play our game, be physical, play fast, and let the chips fall where they may. so I think the defense is confident to answer your question
5: and- you did speak already a little bit on this, but what are some of the challenges against
3: the Bombers? They're just a ton of them. They're super well-bound. They're O-line. I think it starts in, up front. That's the best O-line in the league. And uh, year in, year out, they, they seem to to really um, control the pace of the game up front. So our D-line, we feel like, is very good. I think it'll be a, a nice matchup to see how their O-line measures up with our defensive line. and. Conversely, how our O-line handles their defensive front. So I think the game will be won and lost in the trenches tomorrow.
7: Injuries happen. Football's physical. We know all that. But do you kind of shake your head only after one week you're, you're dealing with
3: injuries and, and all yeah. this stuff already? The yeah. ones, you know, the, the Trevor one, I'm not that worried about. It's a hip pointer. He's going to be fine. I want him to play. I want him to play for sure. But the ones you shake your head on are the ones that you lose a guy like Phil Blake for the whole season, you know. Um, those are the ones you scratch your head on. We lost an old lineman in training camp for a while, too, you know, and uh, those are the ones that you you feel bad about. But the nicks and bruises and stuff like that, Taylor, it is, is what it is, and we'll get through that just fine.
8: Even the Durrell injury, Craig, I mean, just looking at it on mm-hmm. the on the TSN broadcast, it didn't look like there was a real severe hit there. It just yeah. suddenly kind of came up lame, yeah. right?
3: Yeah, yeah. football is a tough game, and uh, sometimes you, you get some, some weird hits that, that can really – do some damage and other times you you get looks like you got hit by a truck and you bounce right on up so you just never know but every team has them we uh we're not gonna um uh, spend a lot of time worrying about it next guy up and we feel like we've got good depth this year and we'll be all right
5: you said earlier philip Blake, hoping to see you back but now you said season ending so we We
3: hope to see him back but it's a long one it's four months so we'll see but philip i know is going to work really hard to get back and And we hope hope to get him at the very end. surgery or is his? No. So Darrell Walker's out with a knee injury six to eight weeks.
1: That doesn't sound promising, but they do have some good receivers in the queue. And hopefully, uh, you know, (laughs) it doesn't help that uh, Lenius is out too for six weeks with a lower back injury. Emelis did take a step forward in the last game. So they got Emelis, Winnicky, Breskison, Picton, Bain Jr., Jones and Alford as your receivers. Now, Alford will play in some situations. He'll start the game so he can be on the field for at least 23 snaps on offense. Morrow and Hickson, same offensive line. Um, Godber with Evan Johnson and Logan Furland, your guards and your tackles, Lofton and Council. Coach... Sounds like, oh, man, here we go again. Doesn't he have that tone in his voice? Yeah, I mean... And I, now also, in fairness to Coach, at the end of the season, at the end of the week, he's, like, answered all the questions. He's tired of it already. I get oh, I,
2: it. I would be sick of it by Monday if I I had get it. it.
1: Like, he is the most uh, I would, scrutinized coach in the league. How no could you
2: not be defeated after these injuries? We
1: played one game. Blake is done. Okay? Like coach is trying to be nice. Blake is done. He's a 37-year-old with a pec tear. It's going to be 4 months. He's not coming back. He may never play again, Philip Blake. Let's just be honest. Let's just call it like we see it. And uh Trevor Harris is a game time decision unless something miraculous happens. Trevor Harris will not play. And I for one don't want him to play. No. I don't, I don't. want him to play when he's lining up against the Blue Bombers defense. I don't want him to play.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. You
1: could jeopardize the whole
2: season yeah. if you sent him yeah. out there yeah, I I, I, yeah listen. I I think they know that that's yeah. why I don't think that you he's pay play.
1: guys money to play professional football. Mason fine has been around here he's played some meaningful snaps in regular season. I've got confidence he knows enough to move the ball down the field yeah me too everybody else has to pick it up around him, and this has to be team football here for this week and who knows who knows who even knows if Trevor Harris is back next week you don't know. We don't know. at Calgary, right? Yeah, we don't know. So one game at a time. Uh, we mm-hmm. don't have to face Jackson Jeffco, which is nice. Uh, but they do still have some really good players. Big Hill, uh, Willie Jefferson, Thomas, Briggs. I mean, there's a lot of great players. I think they only had seven, not starting spots. They only had seven roster spots. With new people filling it this year. Crazy, man. Seven. Anyway, when we come back, we'll get to more CFL talk. uh, And we're also going to talk Pilot Butte Rodeo coming up here. Okay, Father's Day weekend. Yeah, that's right. This is the sports cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. 3.33
2: 3.33 with the sports ticker. Week 2 in the Canadian Football League kicks off tonight. The Calgary Stampeders in Ottawa to take on the Red Blacks. Both teams 0 and one Both teams looking for their first win of the season. That's a 5.30 p.m. kickoff Saskatchewan time. The voice of the Calgary Stampeders, Mark Stephen, will join us just after 4 o'clock to tee up that game. The Toronto Blue Jays were in action this afternoon in Baltimore at Camden Yards. And the Blue Jays, they just can't seem to string together big wins against good teams. They lost this afternoon 4-2 in Baltimore. So Toronto now heads down south to Texas to start up a weekend series versus the Rangers starting tomorrow.
0: It's time to pump you up. Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train With Tish on the Sports Cage.
1: Here with Tish Duffy, our resident health and lifestyle expert. Over 30 years in the game. That doesn't mean she's old, it means she's better. Now, you've got lots of different uh, tips. Let's talk about, you know, it's one thing to go to the gym, Tish. We've talked about dieting, but as part of the dieting, how about protein? You gotta have the, I know we always joke, get my protein. But you gotta get your protein. Absolutely. Uh, I
9: always say to my clients, if we're investing in time and putting the effort into the gym, if we're not fueling our bodies to reap those rewards, you're you're not wasting your time, but you're certainly going to struggle to get ahead.
1: Yeah, so in terms of protein, take us a little bit on a deeper dive with that. What do you suggest for your clients and just the, uh, you know, the average gym warrior, so to speak?
9: Um, the very first thing that I would recommend is your first meal. So a lot of my clients fast, but um, it doesn't really matter what time that meal is. There's a lot of research that used to say we should eat right after a workout, but they're now actually saying that that's not necessarily too true, and there's a lot more to that. Um, but yeah, that very first meal, whether it's 6 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock in the morning, has to be... Uh, protein filled. So think uh, eggs, uh, protein shakes, big scoops of whey protein in that smoothie, uh, low low, uh, fat or dry curd cottage cheese in yogurt. A lot of people love yogurt with uh, berries uh, and people think that the yogurt has got enough protein in it, but they're actually saying that if you're only ingesting about 10 grams of protein in per meal, your body actually will not utilize and take advantage of the protein source. So, uh, you know, adding a uh, half a scoop or a couple of scoops of dry curd or uh, cottage cheese into your yogurt is a great way to add 20 grams of protein in. So that first meal is probably the most important just because we've been fasting for overnight and our body needs that building blocks for our bodies to repair. Our bodies are broken down in the gym. So we um, put our bodies and our muscles through a lot of pressure. They do a lot of breaking. Um, And the only way that they are going to rebuild is through proper rest. That's why rest days are important and that protein. So the protein then is ingested, goes to those, uh, the sites that are, you know, broken or been torn apart through the strength training. This sounds bad, but this is a good thing. And then targets those little filaments that are broken apart and rebuilt. And that is how a muscle is built. So without that protein, your body will will not mend and build itself. So a lot of people think it's just for bodybuilders or hardcore strength people. It's not. Even for people who are, are not doing strength training, just walking or, or enjoy the cardio, which they should be incorporating strength training. But um, every single person needs to be very, very focused on getting that protein. Every single meal has to be protein focused. And then the macros sort of balance that that meal out each each time
1: you eat if you want to follow her do it at all her social media outlets uh, with the handle train with tish tish duffy thanks for your time once again
9: my pleasure michael have a great day
0: the kings of saskatchewan sports talk this
1: is the sports cage on 620 ckrm Singer, I don't get this text from Shane at nine three six sixty two sixty two. Help me out. Help me decipher this before we get to our next guest. The same people who thought Latvia and Germany shouldn't be in the World Hockey Championship are now saying, hi, too many wins the Riders will get? Uh, LOL, okay. I, I don't I, know what that means. I'm not sure if I can help you out on this one. Yeah, Shane, send it back again, because... Uh, Obviously, your phone messed up. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. Hey, I've been a guy that have said, why do we have some of these bogus teams in the World Junior Hockey Championships or curling or whatever? It's embarrassing. But uh, kudos to Latvia and Germany. But let's get let's not get crazy here. They're playing against Canada yeah, C yeah. teams. When Milan Lucic is the best player on Canada, the guy can barely skate. He mall walks on the ice. Give me a break. <laughs> mall Give me a break. He's a mall walker on the ice. So I wouldn't get too excited about Latvia. And Germany getting medals. Sorry, call me cynical. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's let's head on the Western so, Pizza hotline. Yeah. I don't know if I did. Is that from Star Wars? Well, no. It like but remember, something like remember Star when? Wars. Remember? Well, no. A mall walker. <laughs> like, Blart, you know, mall Mall <laughs> walk. No, you know the dudes that put on their shirts and their They mall walk in yeah, the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old people. Yeah, okay. Well, that's what Lucic looks like when he played. When Nick Lewis played at the end of his career, Nick Lewis was smart. Okay, he knew how to get open, but he couldn't run anymore. He just mall walked. He'd go down, make a little shimmy and a shake, and make the catch. I guess I shouldn't say he wasn't that athletic, because he could jump. Like, he could still jump over guys. Just wasn't, uh, he was thick Nick. there's no doubt about it. This guy, I think, is on a golf course right now. We're interrupting his round. George Galloway from the Pilot Butte Rodeo. Are you golfing?
8: If I'm golfing, Michael, I'm out in the uh, inside course of the, uh, chariot race track out at pilot butte here oh, okay <laughs> we're, oh that's what that, we're putting everything together putting yep. er,
1: putting everything together for the pilot butte rodeo what year is this for the rodeo
8: this is our 30th year actually she's uh she's quite an anniversary year this is our 30th for rodeo um just a little shout out for brian lane at uh, cross country foods It's been one of our partners forever this is his 25th anniversary for cross country foods out in belgoni as well and uh, it's been 10 years now since uh, Gord Banford came to visit, and
1: he's coming back this weekend. Oh, that's outstanding. So talk about this. Like, how did this come to be 30 years ago? Like, who said, you know what? Let's have a Pilot Butte Rodeo. Actually, it started just outside of White City uh, with uh, Prairie Rodeo. Carl
8: and Muriel Barrett are our rodeo contractors that are uh, just out by Rancherlo here south of Pilot Butte. Yeah. And they've been our uh, they've been our stock contractor ever since conception. And then the uh, Pilot Butte Lions kind of took over in the the early, I'm going to say, 1990s and uh, moved it out to Pilot Butte. And Dave Farden with lift-off stock trailers uh, with their chariot and truck truck wagons uh, built the track. And uh, through the years, whether it's been uh, ASL that donated the property to the community of Pilot Butte years ago and or Steeplejack that brought our bleachers out there that came from Yorkton and, uh, and just been merging ever since. And then uh, Daryl Kodalak with Action Roofing. I'm going to say about 15, 16 years ago, we started going from uh, $3,000 or $4,000 bringing in faster gun and, uh, and little, uh, little bands into cabarets going to uh, Charlie Major, Aaron Perchette, Gord Bamford's, the Road Hammers, and, uh, and turning it into quite a weekend.
1: Wow. Okay, so uh, give us a rundown on what happens this weekend. Uh, Father's Day weekend, you're competing against the Rider game, but there's lots of time to make up for that over the weekend. So give us a little rundown.
8: Yeah, I know. We talked, uh, We talked Michael, about trying to get you to do an in-situ thing, but uh, it's not going to work this year with the Ryder's uh, mm. schedule. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, no, Friday night uh, we start with rodeo slack events, uh, which are mostly timed events. Um, and Cowboys, we, we've partnered with Radville, uh, for now, I'm going to say a good 15, 20 years, um, having the same weekend. So the competitors can hit both rodeos without spending a whole bunch of extra money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is our third year now with, uh, Caitlin Crusaders, um, Caitlin Stenberg, uh, Brad Stenberg's daughter from two S auctioneers, um, doing a fundraiser for multiple sclerosis on Friday night with a bronc match and, uh, I think in the last couple of years, Caitlin's raised well over $10,000 uh, just for multiple sclerosis on Friday night. And, uh, and our admission, we don't charge any admission to Friday night. Uh, it's okay. kind of our little test the waters and stuff. And then Saturday's, Saturday's our big day. And I believe Landon and, uh, Landon and the folks are coming out. CKRM's actually heading our uh, family fun day parade in the morning. Mm. And uh, we have heavy horse pulls at 930 and then we got the chariot races at ten thirty. the rodeo probably start a little bit noon give or take and then we got the chuck wagons right afterwards and then we got Gord bamford coming uh coming after the rodeo on uh, on saturday and then sunday's another fun fold event uh with the uh, with the chariot races the rodeo and the chuck wagons um we've merged our uh, used to have family fun day in pilot buta in the late may and we found that from a volunteer standpoint and a community standpoint that we would just combine everything. Yep. And so we've got kids rides and uh, little petting zoos and stuff for the kids after the uh, family fun day parade out on, uh, on Saturday and uh, just kind of turn it into one great big community event. And I, I think I'd, I'd be remiss if I, if I continue to say it was pilot Butte rodeo because it's, it's all of our communities together and, uh, and the proceeds that we, uh, that we make from our sponsors and all our volunteers and stuff go to surrounding communities and different programs so it's it's not just pilot butte anymore we've uh, we've merged as a real kind of pilot butte
1: district uh, awesome thing. hey so george if they want more information ticket prices and just get a rundown they got it verbally here they can always listen back on our podcast but can they go to a website or a facebook page or something like that
8: yeah pilot butte's got a pilot Butte rodeo's got a uh facebook site yeah. um or on the town of pilot butte website okay um if anybody needs any specific information they can call any of our any of our committee members and if you want you can use mine at five three five two zero five four um okay. but uh, as far as the getting into the rodeo we, it's just gate admission we don't do any advanced stuff for the rodeo yet mm-hmm. uh, knowing that we're an outdoor rodeo and Right now, the weather forecast looks pretty awesome. Looks beautiful. We haven't seen we haven't seen a mosquito all day today.
1: Oh, good. That's good. <laughs> but we need the wind to keep up because I cut my grass. Yeah. I, I cut my grass out in White City. Didn't get bit once. It was awesome. <laughs>
8: yeah. No. And then uh, Gord Bamford. There's uh, there's advance tickets available at the Pilot Butte Domo,
10: mm-hmm. at
8: Cross Country Foods in Belgone, at the Tap in Regina, and the Ice House in White City. And you can still get tickets at the door if we, in fact, don't sell out prior to. But uh we we sold out when Gord was here last and uh, it'll be 1200 or so of our closest friends and relatives uh celebrating uh, Saturday night at the at the Pilot Butte Arena.
1: Going to be a great Father's Day weekend uh, Pilot Butte and District Rodeo 30th anniversary. Thanks for joining me George, take care man. Hey, thank you Michael. Take care. take care we'll we'll talk soon man that's right uh see Karim front and center with the Pilot Buten district rodeo okay so zinger let's take a, a quick little deeper dive into this uh this uh, rider um Depth chart. depth chart, yeah. So Micah Johnson, who got a sack the first of the year for the Riders, and Christmas are the starting D tackles. The Enzer, Lanier, the second, and Robertson. Brian Cox Jr. We'll see a lot of him too. He, uh, I believe, he had a sack in that game too, and was all over the football field. So good on him. Riders line up basically the same way they lined up for the most part defensively in the in the uh, linebacking core. Larry Deans in the middle, Revis the Sam linebacker or strong linebacker, and the weak side linebackers Micah Tights and then uh, Herdman Reed is a backup and special teamer Allen's a backup to Dean and Rodney Clemens gets in to his first action yeah that's different that's different he gets to come in Uh, the corners are Jeremy Clark and Deontay Williams who was at an interception in the preseason at home here had a couple of nice defensive tackles he replaces Nick Marshall who's got a a uh, shoulder problem. Roland Milligan Jr. has a bit of a hand issue, but he will play, and uh, that's good because he was the defensive player of the uh, game for us, and the Riders actually picked him as one of their game stars. Amari Henderson had a good game in Edmonton, and Dahlke. We know what Dahlke can do. Yeah. He's going to line up as the free safety once Exc- again, backed up by Jackson Ford. Excited to
2: see Williams' former Nebraska Cornhusker mm. starting uh, near sight corner. That's yeah, gonna be fun.
1: and we get uh, to see Tevin Jones back. He f- had some flashes last year, an up-and-down season, which you'd expect in your first year in the Canadian Football League, but he will bring, uh, he'll bring a nice presence there at the wide receiver spot yeah. and... He's a good blocker and good special teams player, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Dude's got some talent. We're talking about a
2: former uh, Cowboy Steeler. Jag. Jag. Yeah. He's got the talent, man.
1: What do you think of Sean Bain? I heard your interview with him or the audio you guys are on. What do you think of Sean Bain Jr. so far? I didn't mind him last game, actually. He, I don't know how fast he is, but he's pretty good side to side. He He's kind of fidgety there in the slot. I think he'll be good because they're making an effort to actually get
2: him the ball. They, yeah. they have designed plays to get him the balls. Yeah. I I'm not really sure if he had that in, in Calgary no. as much, so I think he's going to be good.
1: Maybe with uh, with no Darrell Walker and um, Mario Alfred, we'll see a little more of Mario Alfred in the offense. Yeah, be nice to see Alford. Yeah, you got to use that weapon when you can. Use everything you can at your disposal as the Rough Riders try to. Uh Come up with a big, what would be an upset victory over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in week two? They've won the last seven against the Riders, including the playoffs. How do you feel
2: about Sam Emelis, uh, uh the field side wide receiver? I kind of, you know, I, I'm not sure how how to how. I'm... You mean the boundary receiver there, or is he field? No, he's field. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's field. Be... I don't know. I I I. I mean, the dude had a, had a nice game. I like know? to see him actually as him the clo- boundary. I want
1: him closer to the yeah. football. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I. You look at the depth chart and it's like, yeah, that's where they are in the depth chart, but they move all around in the CFL. So I don't get too wrapped up in that. Um, yeah, I I think we got a puncher's chance. I think it's going to be a good football game. And who who knows, a break or two here or there we can uh, come up with the uh, victory and with that in mind SasTel picked the score next if you want to go to the game 936-6262, call in or 18667670620 and we will um yeah we'll give you two tickets to the game and a chance to win other goodies so nine three six sixty two sixty two or 18667670620 it's the sports cage on this Thursday for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM Saskatchewan's best
0: coverage of the Saskatchewan Roughriders is on the Sports Cage, right here on
1: the Mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the show. SaskTel picked the score. Here's how it works. You call in, we pick you. If we do, you give us a score. By giving us a score, you automatically get tickets to a game. Then, if you're closest to that score for the week, and we pick you, you'll be a $200 uh, winner of a, a gift card to SaskTel. And then you'll be thrown in for end of the year prize, which is you and three other people will go to a Rough Rider game in a sweet, a sweet experience. I think we have a caller on the line. I believe it's Kim, right? Kim Roddy? Did I hear you spell it correctly here? Kim Roddy. How are you, Kim? It's
9: Roddy.
1: Roddy. Sorry, Kim. Sorry. That's okay. How are you doing?
9: I'm good. How are you?
1: Good. You're in the great thriving metropolis of Indian Head. I love Indian Head. That is a beautiful place If it was about 25 minutes If it was 25 minutes closer I'd live there That's where my dad's from But nope That's not going to happen But I do travel out there Once in a while So Kim uh, Riders play tomorrow You've already got Two tickets to the game But What do you think The score is going to be?
9: Um as sad as it is, I'm going to say 27-21
1: Winnipeg. Okay. You know what? That's competitive. I'm, I'm not saying I want a loss, but that's competitive. Yeah, I, I think uh, you could be onto to something there. I mean, with Trevor Harris uh, up in the air, definitely not 100%. Although I do have faith in Mason yeah. Fine. I think we can maybe get some things figured out. Uh, okay, so uh, congratulations. You got two tickets to the game, Kim. And now you're in the running for a $200 gift card to SAS- or from Sastel and a chance to go watch the game with three friends or family members in a suite next year, okay?
9: Perfect. Thank you very much.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to 620 CKRM. Singer, I got this uh, tweet at, um, at the Real Ballsy because I had tweeted out uh, on my Twitter feed that... Um, just give me a second here. It's loading up in our control room here. So I, t- I tweeted out, Riders quarterback Trevor Harris is a GTD tomorrow versus the Bombers. Game time decision. I'll be shocked if he plays. In fact, I don't know if I want him to play. it uh, It's a long season. Ryan Dalrymple says, If we're going to be sacrificing any games this year, it shouldn't be against uh, a team that's a lock for a 1-2 finish in the West. Either he's a baller or he isn't. Game time decision will tell us what he's made of. I'm sorry, Michael. This is a must-win scenario. I wouldn't say it's... I don't know if it's must-win. I thought last week was must-win, so I can't totally scoff, Ryan. Week one, but you needed to get off to a good start, get the positive vibes going. I, I would rather see uh, if he's not... If he doesn't... He already doesn't have mobility is what I'm trying to spit out. If he doesn't have mobility right now... I know it doesn't take away from a lot of his game hanger, because he's not like he's... um. Trey Ford or Michael Vick or somebody that can run around, right? But Cam Newton. But if he still, if he can't move, uh, remember when you throw the football, when you throw the football, it's predicated from the waist down. It's not just your arm. You got to get that, thunk. you got to get mm-hmm. that torque. If you can't get that torque, I would rather see him not play this week, arrest him up because next week we're playing in Calgary and have Mason Fine do it why mm-hmm. is he on your team why is mason fine
2: on your team i see it like uh, i see it uh completely opposite uh ryan sees it as sacrificing the game if fine starts i see it as you're sacrificing the season if you if you play trevor harris because there's a whole lot more games to be played this is week two
1: listen i'm not a head coach i am not a head coach um what the hell what's up i just found my second set of keys
2: wow well, there we go it's a beautiful day ain't it
1: did you find them <laughs> no where were they this is the weirdest thing that i've ever are those the keys that you that you dude these are the keys lost in winnipeg oh my no dude these are the keys i'll get back to that now i'm distracted this is <laughs> whoa this is weird where were they this is so weird this this is really weird. Like I'm freaked out. Damn near saw a ghost. Like, You're creeping I, me out. I'm freaked out. I'll talk about. We're running out of time here. What was I saying again? Here. Uh, what was talking I talking? About, th- I don't even know. it. Trevor the- Harris. Trevor Harris. This is the part that I listen. Craig Dickinson has forgot more about football <laughs> than I have ever for, uh, known. Okay. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm just laughing at the keys. But I by did. The way. But I did. I did say this. I said it to him. I would rather have seen Shea Patterson go in there, roll out and throw. He's faster. Throw it out the back of the end zone. And no disrespect to Patterson, but if he goes down, your season's not over. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And part of the problem was Trevor Harris shouldn't have uh, hung under the ball so long. Okay? But he's got all the mobility of a traffic cone, like I said. So you were already behind the eight ball on that play. So, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Uh, All things being equal, I just hope uh, if he is kind of in doubt, they don't put him in the game. That's all I'm saying. I'm with you, man. Anyway, we will uh, take a break. When we come back after four, I'll tell you the story about these keys. Uh (laughs) Now, these could be somebody else's keys. I I should go check that out. Well, are they yours or not? (laughs) (laughs) Well, look at They look similar. Like, look at Oh, oh. <laughs> this the, I'll, I'll oh, yeah, oh, this is I'll talk to you later. This is we got to go. This guy's <laughs> losing it.
0: 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and you're home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the sports cage with your host, Michael Ball.
1: All right. Welcome back to the show. Second hour upon us. We'll get to more rider news in a second. And we'll hear from Mark Steven, who's in the broadcast booth getting set for the Stamps and the Ottawa Red Blacks. Okay. So a battle of 0 1 teams. So, um, I, uh, did morning sports, but, uh, was not aware because last I saw on their Twitter feed, it said they were winning in the seventh. And then it got called because of rain, the Regina Red Sox, and they ended up losing.
2: Yeah, they they lost
1: ten six ten six. Yeah, so I told it was the, a
2: heartbreaker. I
1: gave Gary Brodzel a, a ribbon. I said, "You gotta come on, man. You gotta help a brother out here."
2: Yeah, things were a little bit, you know, confusing last night because a lot was going on. You know, yeah, tarp on the field, people yep. leaving, people coming. Yeah, it's
1: tough. Well, uh, Gary may have been as confused as me, or I'm more confused than Gary. So here's the story. We were laughing before I we went to break. So I had a set of keys and. um I uh, put them in my pocket, <laughs> got on the plane, bus or the plane. Like, we take a bus to the plane and then fly right to wherever we're going. So it was Edmonton in this case. Like big stars. Yeah, when I got to Edmonton, to my hotel, I realized I don't have my keys, okay? I know my second setter back home. So I phoned my significant other and said, hey, when I come home, can you either meet me at the, f- at the stadium and give me my keys or leave them at the rider store. So she did the latter and left them at the rider store. And they're on this big long lanyard. Racing lanyard, okay? Even though I drive a cash guy, not a Lamborghini. And so I've got them here on my lanyard, so I think. And over here was on the other keys I had did not have anything. They were just the just the key fob. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it wasn't anything. And I thought Holy cow, to my rights. The, where are those keys? Is this divine intervention? Where do those keys come from? But then I look over here, and it fell off my lanyard. So I sounded and looked like an idiot to you and sounded like an idiot to the folks. To the world. So I still only have one set of keys. But I, I, I inquired about these. They're like 250 Yeah, those are expensive. $300. I know that firsthand. $250, $300. I do drive, <laughs> but uh, I know people that drive. From <laughs> yeah, that know, dude. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Somebody called in at nine three six sixty two sixty two and they wanted to know what's up with Moncrief. Still out with the shoulder. Uh, Who said week three at the earliest? Who said that? Who said that? They were telling us all along week one, who said week three at the earliest? Michael Ball. There we go. The defense rests. People, I had some schmo, some schmo was on Twitter, Sewer Pipe, Every time Ball talks, I want to be a BC Lions fan. I said, Why is that? BC. Cause you're a goof. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, can you expand why I'm a goof? Anyway, hey Ballzy. Three... Hey, what? what? You're a goof. Yeah, okay. <laughs> nine three six sixty two sixty two. Uh Keep the text coming. We want you to weigh in. Um this is from Jim and Regina. Another stupid call by Dickie. Should have just run the ball. Have a little faith in your defense, Jim from Regina. Didn't like the uh the rollout with your quarterback and then he yeah, got smoked. I, I, like I like the call. I like the call in principle. I'm not doubting the call. It's just so easy to hate on, yeah, uh, on the yeah. coach when it when the I, like the, call. When I the, just, the
2: absolute worst scenario plays yeah. out. Like it's a good it's a good call. You I like see the it call. all the
1: time. It's just he, he, he hung on to the ball too much. He did. He hung, too long. He, he hung on to it too long, or I would have put in Shea Patterson and throw it to the end zone and out of the end zone. He said, I don't want to leave it in the hands of a rookie quarterback. And so I were a young quarterback. So I'll, I'll give Coach Dickinson the benefit of the doubt. My rebuttal to that would be, if he's on your roster and he's already running third down situations, and they already kept him in, remember? He did a third down yeah, and they yep. kept him in for a pass. If If you've already got him on your team and he's on your roster, then just... Let him throw it out the back of the end zone. If he can't do that, he shouldn't be on a professional football roster. What happened on that pass? Incomplete. It yeah. was high and it hit the guy in the hands. Yeah, it was yeah, the middle yeah. of the field. Yeah, yeah, Anyway. Thank you. The only guy with a, more of a Rolodex memory than you is me. When it comes to sports, uh, oh, now you
2: want to go into a challenge? Hey, you want to compete? You know, you know I'm a competitive man <laughs> when it comes to this. Okay, so uh, I had a bit of a brain bump there. Okay, yeah, TV,
1: TB, uh, TBD or GTD, uh, however you want to look at it. That's what uh, Trevor Harris is tomorrow. To be determined or a game time decision. But we did uh, catch up with Trevor Harris today after practice, and here's what he had to say. Ooh. You don't have it. We're, we're we're going Trevor right now. That's are what we? I said.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, I don't think you did, Ballsy. You 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 threw a wrench at me, my friend. Guy hosts one show. He t- he's one show, and all of a sudden, he is the dude that's the that's the guy that's telling me how to run the show. No, that's uh, that's okay. Well, Omaha, Omaha. That's okay. Harris, I- Harris, Omaha. Well,
2: Harris is at the podium.
4: oh uh, good. Uh, excited to. Get here tomorrow and see how it feels. I was told it was going to be a game time decision. Uh, So that's, I do what I'm told, I get here tomorrow, and I got a list of four questions that I'm going to ask myself, and as long as the answer to those are right, and they tell me I look all right, we're going to give it a go. So, uh, but again, never know until you wake up tomorrow and see how it feels. Uh, We wrote them down, but uh, one of them is just making, the main one is to make sure that I can protect myself. And the next one is to make sure that I'm not putting the team in a compromised position. And those are the main two. The other are more just about like, you know, certain sorts of feelings and uh, mobility, whatever it is. And But, uh, you know, we'll go from there after we answer those questions and so it is. I think it's like a mutual one, but uh, I think it's more leaning on how, like, they're gonna ask for my feedback. And so, but I mean, it sucks, like, but I, I've played through worse. Progressing over the course of the week from Sunday to Monday to Tuesday, etc. Uh, Sunday night was was pretty awful. Like I could barely sleep. Monday night, same thing. Uh, came in here Tuesday, didn't feel great. But as I moved around, it started feeling a lot better. And um, uh, then I went out in the field and threw a little bit, and it didn't feel good. Um, and so we kind of backed off. Just from trying to be smart. And um, yesterday they were just like, "You're doing nothing. We're gonna just you know." get you on the treatment table for a long time. And so I got a lot of treatment yesterday and uh, throughout this week, I've been treating it on my ARP machine that I have at home. And so it's been really, really helpful. And it's just about really turning a corner to the point where you actually start to feel like, okay, I can do everything. And uh, once that happens and if that's, you know, tight tomorrow, then we'll be able to give it a go.
8: Do you expect that maybe adrenaline or anticipation might be part of the equation tomorrow and you have to kind of subtract those?
4: It's a good question. I think that's why I'm going to get here early and uh, go out on the field and give it a nice, give it a nice go, see how it feels. And but I don't, honestly, like I don't. If it's up to me, I'm going to play. So like I'm, <laughs> I'm, i re- I feel like I'm good enough right now today. But I guess we'll see what see what it is tomorrow and make sure that they're good to go. And make sure they're good with how it looks. And we'll go, we'll go tee it up and play the Blue Bombers. Yeah, it's a good question. They're a great defense and they pose a lot of challenges. You know, with their pass rush, with their blitzes. Um, with a lot of things that Big Hill does. Big Hill's a big instinctual guy out there, Um, you know, trusts his gut, and sometimes his gut tells him to do the opposite of what, you know, you're trying to influence him to do, and he does a tremendous job with that. They're a veteran group of DBs. Uh, They like to hit, and uh, they like to switch up their leverages, play, and uh, force you to really beat them. Um, But it's just going to be about us being being able to stay ahead of the chains, no negative plays, uh, limiting turnovers, and then generating explosives when they present the opportunity yeah it's a great it's a it is something that people have asked me about they're like don't you know be stupid because it is the home opener and we know you want to go but it to me it's just about the maturity level of making sure that you know i'm not putting myself in a position to hurt myself further that i can't protect myself and then make this instead of it being a you know one to two week thing make sure it's not an eight to ten week thing and so to me it's just about you know being mature enough to make the decision there and i've played a long time i'm I don't think I might be close to the elder statesman in the locker room in there. So I think I've played a lot of football, but I've just got to be mature enough to make a smart decision.
8: What's it like to have your family up here now?
4: It's amazing. Uh, they got here Monday and um, I was in quite a bit of pain and uh, my six-year-old is asking me to and my three-year-old asking me to do the Hawk smash where I kind of just like pick them up and kind of throw them on the bed and I was just like, hey, daddy, you can't do that right now. and so. Um, but they don't know any better. They think you're 10 foot uh, ten foot tall and bulletproof. You know, they're kids and you're just dad to them, which is a really refreshing thing to go home and, and just be dad. And so uh, that and having my wife here and, and trip is, uh has is really been special. It's been a nice week to go home. And um, the house actually doesn't smell like just like a guy lives there. You know, it smells good. She makes the house a home and, uh, you know, dinner right when I'm home. And she's got three kids there. So she's amazing. And uh, so it's it's really nice to have him here.
8: Factoring in too that it's Father's Day on Sunday and your trips dad for the first Father's Day, how much does that make it even better?
4: I really thought about it. Uh, to me, Father's Day is a day that I get to, you know, celebrate my kids and uh, think about how amazing of a gift it is to be a father and then also recognize my own um, and uh, one of the best to ever do it, Tom Harris. And so uh, just thankful that, you know, the Father's Day is a good day to recognize the dads out there that, uh, you know, have you know, spent time raising their kids and, um, you know, obviously all kids, it's great to have a dad and, uh, you know, it's just a day to kind of recognize that
7: for new dads out
4: there, man, new dads. It's, uh, it's kind of funny. Like, I just like think of it as like, sometimes I look at my kids and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have kids. What is this? You know, like, I still feel like a kid, but, uh, a lot of times, I don't. Dad, new dads just make sure that you understand life is is more about your kids now than yourself. And um, that was the biggest thing for me having a kid. Is I always tell people, you're not ready to have a kid unless you're ready to, you know, put put somebody else's needs before your own. Because you know when that happens, you know, baby's hungry in the middle of the night. He's gonna start crying. He's not gonna think like, oh, dad needs sleep. They're gonna cry. So uh, just make sure you're ready to kind of uh, surrender some things that you want to do. Yeah, and I something that I've always done is I stay here. Uh, as late as I need to, <clears throat> my wife has always been great about it And until my work is done. And then when I get home, I don't open up my football stuff unless, you know, I get a text from coach or I think, like, oh, I forgot to tell him this, but I don't get my stuff out because when I go home, I'm dad. When I'm here, um, that's when I am quarterback. And But when I get home, my attention goes to them, and that's what they deserve because I used to go home and I have my stuff out all night and was half here, half there, but I always just wanted to make sure that I'm fully present for them when I'm there. Uh, And oftentimes I think something, the things that I've learned is, you know, being fully present with someone for two hours is much better than, you know, 40, 50% with them for six hours. And so, um, yeah, when I get home, I'm dad and I just, I think I owe that to them. Asking a lot of questions, um, making sure that he's, you know, right in where his eyes are supposed to be. And. Um, you know, almost all the reps that he take, he'd come back, you know, ask if we saw it the same. And um, Mason's a really, really smart guy, uh, understands timing, understands depth, um, where defenders are supposed to be and uh, what's supposed to open up based on certain coverages. And uh, I think he's an accurate thrower of the football. And he's a guy, he reminds me a lot of myself in terms of, you know, understands, you know, each and every moment managing football games uh, and, and strike when the iron's hot in terms of taking your shots when they give them to you, don't force shots. And I think a lot of times... Uh, you get yourself in trouble against great defenses and really in this league in general um, against a team like Winnipeg with a great defense you try and take the shots when they're not there. And I think he understands when, when to do that.
1: Like when you landed I, on the surface? Honestly, the
4: like I can't tell on the film if it was an elbow or from when I fell, but like I, I've broken ribs before and I can tell you that this is the only thing that's been close to the pain I felt when I broke ribs and like, basically had like a bruised lung from it. Uh, when, that happened like I was writhing in pain, and that this was close to that, how I felt, and so but uh again, I think it's just a you know a management thing and see how it feels tomorrow.
1: Trevor Harris, game time decision boy, three I got four texts already. people are like he's gotta play, ballsy, all due respect, he can't sit, he's gotta play. What do you think nine three six sixty two sixty two should Harris sit or play? He's banged up. We know that. Should he give it a go? You just heard him. He's going to do a checklist, and if he can go, he will. But should he sit? 936-6262, the number to text. We'll hear from Mark Stephen, voice of the Calgary Stampeders, next here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
0: Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. The Orioles lineup have a tough right hander to face.
2: Three earned runs or fewer in 10 of his 13 starts. That's the consistency
5: the Blue Jays acquired when they signed him when he came over first in the trade from the Twins, and then they
7: signed him to that extension. 9-0, 292. So boy are the Orioles due to get to this guy. A high chopper
0: Barrios says he'll one unassisted here to get things going in the bottom of the first. Barrios against Adley Rutschman. another play for barrios come on jose let other guys get involved too Barrios has gotten the first
2: two here's santander hitting left side and this
0: one is popped up on the infield kirk's going to get called off by chapman who had the easier play, and that is a very nice start here in the bottom of the first.
1: As you heard, Jose Barrios got off to a great start at Camden Yards in Baltimore, and he never looked back. He took a no-hitter into the seventh. George Springer went deep, and the Jays beat the Orioles for the first time this season, 3-1, to ending the O's five-game win streak. Our clutch performer is Jose Barrios. For Nick's service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer, give him a call, 781. 1077.
0: Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage
1: on the Mighty 620 CKRM. All right, getting set for the uh, Bombers and the Riders. A lot of speculation will he won't he play is a game time decision trevor harris some media people say i know he's not playing and some say we're not sure if he is or he isn't he is a game time decision i didn't really get a confident feel from him listening to his his comments there though zinger but here's the text uh question for you nine three six sixty two sixty two. Should should if, if harris can should he play even though he's not 100% or should he sit let fine do it against Winnipeg it's only week 2 it's not week 12 playoff hopes don't hang in the balance remember that 93662 62 all right yeah you want to talk about gritty quarterbacks How about Zach Kalaros left for dead if this was the NFL they'd be doing a 30 for 30 on this one he moved past the legend Russ Jackson into 22nd place in the CFL's all-time passing list last week um, he's got 24 uh, 24,701 yards he had 354 yards last week in the win over Hamilton he's 492 shy of another Hall of Famer Conrad Holloway for 21st place He's just 34 and 5 as a starter with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Gone to two, uh, three consecutive Grey Cups, won two of them, and he's won the last two CFL Most Outstanding Player Man, Awards. I'm sick
2: of it. I'm sick of it. We can, we can talk about all these accolades when his career's done. Who cares about him tomorrow? Huh? I'm angry. I don't like Zach Hilaris worse
1: you want uh, you want revenge you want somebody to crank that's what, that's, what, that's what I want yeah well, our quarterback got hurt maybe their quarterback will get hurt tomorrow. We do have a ferocious defense. I like our defense it's no joke people like, ah, you played Edmonton Edmonton's a lot better than you think. yeah Cornelia still isn't there yet but the riders uh, Edmonton's not as bad as you think. are they the bombers no. This will be a lot closer than you think, uh, and I, I think have so, faith. Yeah. I have faith in Mason Fine that he's going to put together a great effort, and I do think Mason Fine will be the quarterback, not Trevor Harris. That's just my opinion. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment, including a new segment, Plain Out Picks with Ben Whiting. This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on six twenty CKRM. It's four thirty two with your sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and
2: Heating, where professional service. Is guaranteed they will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. Week 2 in the Canadian Football League starts tonight. The Calgary Stampeders in Ottawa taking on those Red Blacks. And something needs to give these teams, both of them, 0-1-1 on the young season so far. Calgary in Week 1 fell to the BC Lions. And Ottawa, they... uh had a pretty poor performance in Montreal against Cody Fajardo and the Montreal Alouettes. So it's a 5.30 p.m. kickoff, and the voice of the Calgary Stampeders, Mark Stephen, will be joining us right at 5.05, right before the game, right here on 620 CKRM.
0: The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game.
1: The CFL Report brought to you by Kevin's Marine and Fort Capel. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out in person in Fort Capel or online at kevinsmarine.com. All right, so the Riders' quarterbacking situation is up in the air for Friday's game against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because QB1 Trevor Harris has a hip pointer injury. Here's Mason
6: Fine. Not even focused on Friday, just continue to prepare uh, throughout the week and and practice. And, uh, you know, just again, what can I do to be the best quarterback I can for my teammates and all that. So, just going to continue to do what I've been doing since the beginning of training camp and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Yeah, so I was out there practicing today, just, uh, you know, like every normal practice, but uh, felt good. Um, Felt good this week, throwing the ball well, Uh, seeing the defense. uh, It's really good going up against our defense. Uh, They can make some plays. So, um, you know, I'm gonna go back and watch the practice and learn from it and, and get better uh, for this upcoming Friday. Did you guys discuss the quarterback? Uh, situation and don't want to tip your hat to, to the situation? Is, is that basically what's happening? Honestly, we haven't even talked about the quarterback situation. We just come in there. We've been, we're going through our routines with Coach Jeffries, going over the game plan and going over the script for practice, and then running those plays and, and executing those, and uh, just trying to get better every day uh, during practice. So if your number's called, do you feel
11: confident uh, that uh, you can put a good performance in on Friday?
6: Yeah, I feel very confident. Just, um, just been building chemistry with these guys since the beginning of training camp. Uh, I think you know we've uh, did that uh, well throughout a uh, preseason, and then this week of practice, I really feel like uh, I've been playing well, been throwing well, and, and I even got better from yesterday. So I'm gonna learn from today and, and get better. But, um, yeah, going into Friday, I feel really confident, feel really good, and uh, just excited to get out there and, and uh, be out there with my teammates.
0: Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM.
1: (laughs) Oh, I laugh. I laugh. Like, either they answer the questions because they don't, they think they're just kind of dumb questions. And I'm not saying Taylor asked a dumb question. Taylor Shire from the Leader Post, buddy of mine. Or they must think we're dumb. We never talked about the quarterbacking situation really. Trevor's been hurt since Sunday and we haven't talked about it once in the room. It's a tough position for those guys to be, like what are, what are they supposed to say? Well, they, they, know, know they, know, they know that they're not supposed to say, yeah I'm starting so what? Well, what? well Well, the way Taylor asked it was like is that basically what's happening here? Yeah. You guys, <laughs> and he should have said yeah, that's what's happening here <laughs> it's exactly what's happening here, we know what we're going to do, you're not going to know what we're going to do and that's what's going to happen. Now I don't know what the betting like how betting works in terms of I know they got to give us an injury report the whole week right Mm -hmm. but I don't know in terms of betting when it has to be set I'm not a betting man but I know someone that is a betting man oh yes Ben Whiting from playnow.com the only legalized betting site online here in the province former U S Husky player he's a U S Husky coach played in the CFL for three years and he joins us now hi Ben
10: Hey Mike, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys giving me the time
1: today. Yeah, for sure. So, Ben, I got to ask you that. So, like with regards to betting, when do when do they have to, you know, it's a game time decision. When do, do bettors have to know if Trevor Harris is playing or not?
10: Well, you know what? I I can't tell you a black and white answer on that, Mike. Uh yep. What I can tell you is there's people that are, you know, behind the curtain that are constantly monitoring that stuff. Yeah. And and every little piece of detail that they're able to pull from the media, uh, interviews, whatever, they use it all. And it actually, it it does affect the odds on the game um, accordingly. So they're constantly pricing the odds on the game and, and they're and they're fluid, they're changing all the
1: time. So I would suggest from me, if you're if you're gonna look at that game in terms of props and everything, you obviously got to wait closer to game time because we don't know what's gonna happen with Trevor Harris. He's got a checklist of four things he's going through before that game. But let's get to some of these games here right now. And we got Ottawa Calgary coming up here tonight. We got a battle of two teams. So Ottawa has won just twice in the last 25 games at home, which is gross. And Calgary didn't look too good in their home opener with Jake. Mayor, uh, what's the money line on this? What, what do you like in this game in terms of betting for the basics?
10: Yeah, so I, I'm going to be a little bit of a homer. Yeah, uh, uh, for this guy, for this in particular game, as a former Stampede here, I, I got to give a shout out to the boys out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're going to have it dialed in, and, and they're they're a very well coached team. Um, the money line sits right now for the Stampeders at 1.37 to the Ottawa Red Blacks. At a 3.15. So, what that tells me is that the uh, the Stampeders are favored to win this game, mm-hmm. and uh, Red Blocks are a little bit of an underdog heading into
1: this. one. It's crazy at their at their uh, at their home park, but it's actually not that crazy because they just can't find a way to uh, get it done. What about what about? Uh, so, what's the spread on this one? That's the money line. What's the spread?
10: Uh, the spread right now, if we're at a minus 7, that's at a 1.9, yeah. um, and that plus 7 is also at a 1.9, so whether the game is within 7 points or whether it's outside of 7 points, um, it, it's even odds, so they're saying that this one's likely to be a little bit close, mm. and it probably won't get out of hand, which... It uh, didn't appear that many of the games were getting that out of hand over last week.
1: No, that's right. I agree with that one totally. I think that is going to be a tight game for sure. We'll save Friday night football: the Riders Bombers till the end. So we'll move along here. Let's go with the defending champion Toronto Argonauts, who had Ben Whiting with PlayNow.com. They had the first week off, which I don't get why the CFL did that, but they had the first week off. They got their rings. They're going to have their championship banner raising against Bo Levi Mitchell and the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who didn't look too good. In in week number one in Winnipeg. What's the money line on this one? And how would you, you know, what what are you thinking about this game?
10: Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's funny you bring up that week one bye. I know when I was a player, everyone dreaded the week one bye because it, it was basically an incentive to just have another week of training camp. <laughs> uh, they didn't really cut the boys loose a little too much. Uh, usually when it's bye week, you want to get away from football and all that, but the week one bye pretty much puts an axe on any sort of fun you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the money line goes, great game, uh, and, and it's, it's a fueled rivalry as we've seen in the past over the years here. Uh, Hamilton actually sits at a favorite with the 1.71 to the Toronto 2.2. So not as far as the Calgary to the Ottawa, going to be a closer game, and, and that's reflected actually in the point spread. It's only set at uh, minus 2 to plus 2, it's uh, also 1.9, so... As close as the Calgary-Ottawa game is going to be, they're saying that this one's going to be a little bit closer.
1: Yeah, and I don't totally disagree with that. I think where it comes in there, Ben, you probably agree, is that uh, I think Bo will play a little bit better another week in this offense, and, and Chad Kelly's an unknown. Yes, he had, what, a great seven, eight minutes in the Grey Cup, but now he's the guy in Toronto as the quarterback.
10: Yeah, oh, yeah. Swag Kelly. I remember watching <laughs> him at Old Miss and all of his gallivanting throughout the NFL. Um you know, I actually listened to a couple of interviews with him and he seems pretty locked in, pretty dialed in, committed to football. And like you said, he had a, whatever it was in the in the great cup, but he showed up and he closed out a game in the biggest moment in Canadian football. So I don't think he's a slouch by any means, but when you compare him to Bo Levi, he's, he's kind of the cream of the crop when it comes to Canadian quarterbacks historically. And even though he's on a different team, wearing different colors, I would never count that guy out. I, I sat in a locker room, for about a week and a half with that guy because I kept getting cut from that team. But uh, he's a great leader, a great guy, and and I would would never count him
1: out. This is awesome. Ben Whiting joining us here, former uh, CFLer, uh, former Husky coach with the Huskies part-time, but he's also with PlayNow.com, the only legal gambling site in Saskatchewan where you can bet on, well, CFL action. All right, so let's go to that uh, BC-Edmonton game. They had an unfortunate situation with Phil Norman on the offensive line. I'm suspecting he won't play because he had a medical issue, but he's okay collapsing on the field. Thank God he's okay. Uh, I have Edmonton winning this one. I think Edmonton's going to win in an upset here. I think, I don't know what the, first tell me, what's the spread in this one at playnow.com?
10: The spread is at plus seven. so The same as the Stampeders and Ottawa. So yeah. one score game that they're they're guessing, or and it's also a one point nine nine odds. So it's a flip of the coin as far as the odds go. But you got Edmonton in this game, and they're actually an underdog at 3.3 odds uh, yeah. to the BC's 1.34. So, uh, play now saying that the BC lions odds are be- a little bit better to Edmonton. But as we all know, uh, you never know what's going to happen in a football game, especially with the talent level we have in the CFL and how there's not too much parity. I know it's only week one, but, uh, It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm going to have to go against you on that one night. Not because of the odds, not because of anything like that. I just got my boys uh, Cherry and Pickett out there. so I know Pickett's going to be rifling down the long snaps there. Yeah. He's dialed in and Cherry's Just gonna be a Canadian anchor on the D line
1: there. Yeah, you're betting with your uh, you're betting with your husky heart. I get it. I'll tell you what. I think Edmonton Edmonton is a is is not that bad of a football team. After I did the eyeball test on them, uh, and I think Taylor Cornelius is one of those guys that will be eh, and then he'll be wow. And I think this is his wow week. I got Edmonton by eight. I think Edmonton's going to win that one. Something like thirty two twenty four, something like that. That's how I feel. So I I might roll the dice on that one. Who knows? And then the last one here, the one we're all concerned about, the Saskatchewan Roughriders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. This will be a hard one to to bet on early. Like I, I would wait closer to the game time, obviously, for everything, money line and everything, because things can change here, right?
10: Yeah, absolutely. There's, I mean, you said it. The biggest variable right now is is Saskatchewan going to have their starting quarterback and Trevor Harris playing this game, and and obviously that's the most important position on the football field. Aside from long snapper But that's uh, it, It's reflected in the odds With uh, Saskatchewan at the money line 3.1 to the Winnipeg At uh, 1.38 here So Saskatchewan coming in as an odds on Underdog but I, I Wouldn't count them out I think there's two Very talented defenses going At each other here and it's going to be interesting To see how this one pans out
1: Hey uh, so just do me a favor we haven't talked about this In any of the other games I'm interested in the over Under in this one Ben
10: yeah, for sure. So this is an interesting line for me. Uh, the over and the under, they set at 47 points. So for those of you who may not be savvy to the sports gambling lingo, uh, essentially what they're saying is they're going to be more than 47 points or is they're going to be less than 47 points. In this particular one, I'm thinking the, the under. I, I mean, we got two defenses that were balling out in the first week. Uh, I mean, we all saw... Um, the Rough Riders three play goal line stand. Yeah. Just absolutely electric, whether you're a player, fan, a fan of any team. And then you also see um, um, Winnipeg, well coached uh, as always. And and a lot of the points that Winnipeg scored or had scored on them uh, was through special teams or or fumbles, interceptions, scooping scores, that sort of thing. So I don't know if the score necessarily reflected. The like the amount of points that Hamilton put up on the board reflected how well right. that the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers defense played.
1: Yeah, interesting. I I actually kind of am leaning towards the under as well, uh, and all because of uh, nothing against Mason Fine, but there there may be a. Uh, uh, a different type of mentality, like protect the ball, don't stretch it too much on offense. That could maybe be a little bit more of a, res- a restrictive behavior offensively for the riders in that game. Okay, so give us a before we wrap up here, give us some deets on playnow.com, the only legalized online uh, gaming site in the province.
10: Yeah, absolutely. So, like you said, we're the only legal operation in the province right now. Uh, If you you want to get involved, if you choose to spend your entertainment dollars on uh, playnow.com, you can just type in playnow.com, register in five easy steps. Uh, Then once you have your account verified, you can enter your personal information where it's going to be safe and secure, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you can get in on the action here.
12: Uh,
10: But of course, like I said, um, whenever we're doing this, we want to make sure it's for entertainment, not uh, as a means to get rich or anything like that. And, and we we ensure that our players are making sure gambling is fun and not harmful through our game sense program. So, like we always say, uh, use your game sense whenever you're doing any sort of the uh, online gambling and. Uh and make sure that you're keeping it fun.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, I like that, uh, Ben. It's like, okay, so suppose fine plays, then the odds come out, uh, hey, is he going to be over under this many passing yards? And you're, you're kind of, you know, you put a couple of dollars on it just to watch and see how fun it is. And that's, what, that's, that's, why, that's why I do it, and that's why most people should do it for the entertainment uh, part. Hey, this was fun. Play now, Picks. We're going to do it every week. Thanks for your time, Ben Whiting.
10: No problem, Mike. Just want to say thank you, too, for promoting uh, Canadian football. I think you guys are doing a great job growing the game and giving giving Canadian football a platform. Thanks for having me on. Yeah,
1: no, appreciate it, man. C is the most important thing in the CFL, and that was one of the great guys, and he's helping to build the stars of tomorrow today with the U of S Huskies. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM.
0: The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage
1: on 620 CKRM. All right, let's get after it. Head out in the Western Pizza Hotline, and let's talk to our friend Brian Raymond at flowing springs father's day weekend a lot of dads and sons on the course i'm going to assume
13: you can assume correctly and we are taking booking still for the weekend and you know i guess there's something else going on in town tomorrow <laughs> night where some folks might be coming into town so if you're coming into town for the rider game and you want to stay over the night and you maybe want to play golf the next day, give us a call we 're still taking bookings for Saturday as well, and uh, the course is in great shape we 're back to full strength now, and uh, things are looking good
1: you know you could come in if you don 't have enough time to play around, you could whack it around on the uh On the uh, driving range, and then you uh, go to the game. Maybe stay overnight, and then play a full round the next day, or something like that.
13: I like the way you think, Michael. That's (laughs) awesome. That's a great idea. Yeah,
1: stretch it out. uh, Get ready. Get pumped for the game. uh, Watch the game, and then uh, play a a full round of golf uh, with your dad or whoever. How do they get a hold if they want to get a hold of you and uh, book around?
13: Well, if you want to book around or talk, if you have any questions about the golf course or our fabulous driving range, give us a call at 306 543 5050. And you can find out everything you want to know on our book, our, uh, and book your tea time on our website at flowingspringsgolf.com.
1: So, uh, Brian, before I let you go, it stays light. It stays light late, so uh, you can walk that golf course at a good price, I guess.
13: Yeah, after 6 o'clock every day, it's $19 to come out and walk the golf course. And right now, yes, you can probably get 18 holes in if you're uh, not too too bad and you play fairly quickly. You shouldn't have a problem.
1: All right, man. And lastly, uh, hey, Zinger, who hit the hole-in-one, Burns? Sam Burns. Sam Burns hit a hole-in-one at the U.S. Open. Who do you got winning the U.S. Open, Brian? Oh, you know
13: what? This is going to be a tough one. I'm thinking maybe Rory might come roaring back, but you have to look at uh, at the guys who are leading right now. I mean, 8-under on the first day of the U.S. Open. That's unheard of.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good, man. Hey, uh, Brian, thanks for your time, man. Take care, bud. Have a great weekend, guys. Go Riders. Yeah, go Riders. Speaking of that, here's Frankie Hickson.
5: Alright, I'm joined with uh let's see what we got here, number thirty-two, Milson Jones. Oh, no, I'm kidding, it's Frankie Hickson. Milson Jones is a running back who played for the Ryers thirty years ago, Frankie. Oh, okay. But uh but uh Frankie Hickson uh joins me right now. Frankie, just going back uh to Sunday's game, uh to start off with, would you call it a classic kind of week one victory where you guys did a lot of good things on offense, but still there's some areas you want to work on.
11: Yeah, absolutely. I think um every time you go into it, or, or you uh leave a game and you feel like there's nothing to improve on, you're wrong. Um and so Ultimately, I think football world knows that the most improvement happens from week one to week two. And so I think that's our biggest focus right now. And um, we, we had a great showing uh, on, on Sunday, but it just wasn't enough for anybody on the offense and or, or the team as a whole. We We just want to take another step.
5: Did you feel a positive thing on Sunday was the fact that the offense was able to move the ball down the field?
11: Yeah, absolutely. I mean you know that's that's the ultimate that, that's the point of the game you know it's uh get it across the uh, across the line but um we didn't do that as efficiently as we want to and, and we look to uh to improve on that this year and uh, this week
5: in terms, yeah, just going on that, like in terms of improving, I guess, inside of the red zone, or most teams like they call it the green zone, I guess. Uh, is that just comes down to, you know, execution, just getting more repetitions, and whether it's in practice or in games?
11: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, like you just said. It's a week one situation where, you know, we have uh, great ideas, and uh, we just have to take them from paper and put them on the field. And um, and that just comes with, like you said, reps and, and time and repetition. And um, ultimately, the, the more we, Play games the the better we'll the better we'll get and the more we'll improve.
5: It's been a while, but it, uh, Sunday also marked the first time in a while that uh, you and Jamal Moore were both both back in the riders' backfield. How exciting it is to have both of you back in uh, green and white uh, starting with the Sunday and now into tomorrow?
11: Oh, it's always great. Um, you know the the times where I was out there and he wasn't last year, and, and vice versa. It was tough on us uh, as individuals just being out there, really kind of holding the whole weight of the RB room on our shoulders by ourselves, but um when it's both of us together it's it's definitely a a fifty fifty thing and um he picks up my slack, I pick up his slack and it's uh it's amazing. You know, he sees things that I don't see and vice versa and so we just help each other out.
5: I know a lot of people describe the transitions between running backs, you know, kind of a change of pace, but is it fair to say it's not really a change of pace between you and Jamal?
11: No, it's it's really not that much of a change of pace. Uh maybe just a change in um uh skill sets a bit but not even really that i mean i think we have the same skill sets we just like uh we like what we do um as individuals and um we kind of try to perfect uh what what we're good at and so um there's things that he's good at that i'm not necessarily the best at and so i let him run with it and give me all the advice that i can use for it and and he looks to me for certain things as well even though he's a veteran and i'm still trying to figure it out myself
5: Going back to Sunday's game as well, going back to another positive of the fourth quarter with uh, the running game, the offensive line uh, controlling the line of scrimmage. Is that a situation, especially with the week one contest, that comes down to more of a, not as much technique, but more strength, conditioning, and more of a will and desire on your guys' side?
11: It's all of it. Um, I think one great thing about Sask is that we're focused on the whole man, um, you know, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, all of it. All of it has to be, you know, put together to to execute the right way, and so um, you know, Coach Clint does an amazing job with us in making sure that we're conditioned. And so in that fourth quarter, when other teams are starting to fall back in and, and uh, we, we start to, to sense that uh, it's, it's time to kick it into another gear. And, and while some people are taking steps back, we're taking steps forward.
5: Obviously, a lot of talk this week has been, you know, who's going to be behind center on Friday tomorrow. Uh, from your perspective, it's fair to say that you got confidence no matter who's going to be uh, the QB for tomorrow.
11: Absolutely. It's, uh, it's always next up mentality. Um, no matter who comes out on the field, we have to, to, to go out there, execute and perform, um, to the best of our ability. And, uh, like I always say, the, the more times we beat them than they beat us, we win the game.
5: Uh, tomorrow against Winnipeg, do you at all, at all look at this game as kind of a measuring stick, you know, the beat the man, the beat the man mentality
11: at all? No, not at all. Um, it's the most important game of the season because it's the game that's tomorrow. Um, it's the game that this that is this week, and so um, Winnipeg is of the utmost importance to us, but um, we will play this game. We will fight our butts off, and once it's time to put this game away, it'll be time for the next team. So um, it's, it's just uh, one game at a time, one day at a time, one play at a time.
5: And with tomorrow being the home opener, how excited are you to race out from the entranceway uh, for the first time this season here at Mosaic Stadium?
11: Oh, it's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, I think Mosaic Stadium is... You know, by far the, the best, you know, stadium, the best fans um, in the league, and uh, the most loyal. So, this crowd is going to be an eye opener to a lot of people. I think that's what I'm most excited to see is how the rookies feel and how, how they come out of the stadium and come out of the tunnel and, and the big eyes that they're going to have, uh, you know, just seeing how supportive Saskatchewan is for, for this team.
1: All right, thanks a lot, Frankie. Good luck. Thank you. I don't think Frankie got the Milson Jones joke, but nice try, Blaine. Nice try. old well, number 32. Nowhere near number 20, but <laughs> A for... A for... I can't say A for effort, E for effort. Good job, Lane. Uh when we come back after five o'clock news with Corey Atkinson, we're going to uh talk to Mark Steven live from the broadcast booth in Ottawa, ahead of the game between the Red Blacks and the Stamps here on the sports cage for the Canadian Brew House, six twenty CKRM. All right, welcome back to the sports cage. It's for the Canadian brew house. Um listen, uh when the humble uh, bus crash happened, what was that uh, six years ago, Zinger? Was it six, five, five years ago? Yeah, that's right. Five years ago. Sorry. When that happened five years ago, 16 people died in that bus crash. Okay. And they were mostly of the younger variety hockey players and there were coaches and athletic therapists and radio announcers. And it was terrible. And the, the community of Humboldt still trying to recover, probably never will recover. Um, and you and I have been doing a sports show here, but it's like, this is life, man. This, this trumps sports. 15 people. So one less than what happened in the, the Humboldt bus crash as they were headed to a game of Nipwin. 15 people have been confirmed dead after a crash between a semi-trailer truck and a bus full of seniors headed to a casino in the southwestern Manitoba town of Carberry, which is, uh, towards the Saskatchewan side of uh, Manitoba. Okay. Happened, uh, Police got the call around 11.43 in the morning. The bus that collided with the semi was carrying 25 people from in and around the western Manitoba city of Dauphin, most of whom were seniors. Ten were taken to hospital with injuries. Fifteen have died. Uh, This comes from um, the RCMP spokesperson. Sadly, this is a day in Manitoba and across Canada that will be remembered as one of tragedy and incredible sadness. Um to those waiting i can't imagine how difficult it is not knowing if the person you love the most will be making it home tonight i'm so sorry we cannot give you definitive answers you need more quickly um so 15 are confirmed dead right now we will uh update you as much much as we can with our great newsroom and uh, they're saying that total could change obviously depending how serious those injuries are so yeah uh trailer semi trailer hits a bus carrying mostly seniors going to uh, the casino in Carberry. And um, this is terrible. I mean, there's not much else you can add to that. Thoughts and prayers go out to the family, families of everybody involved and those that uh, perished in that terrible, terrible accident. 98 <laughs> Our house
0: is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan
1: Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the Sports Cage. And it's time to quickly get out in the Western Pizza Hotline because this guy's got a busy night ahead of him. It is our friend Mark Stephen joining us here on this Thursday edition of the show brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. He's the voice of the Calgary Stampeders on the radio, QR77. How are you, buddy?
14: Good. Looking forward to this game here. It's the home opener for Ottawa, and uh, you know, see if the Stampeders can uh, enter the win column for the first time this season.
1: Yeah, no kidding. And uh, we'll go back to the game and what you saw against BC. But man, these Ottawa fans—they th- this team has lost 23 of the last 25 games in Ottawa. And uh, you know, all due respect, I'm talking to you in Rider Nation. I think those were the best fans in the league last year. They still had around almost 20,000 a game.
14: Oh, I know, and uh, but already you can sort of sense the pressure. Uh, you know, that loss in Montreal didn't help the uh, mood around the team because there's a bit of a feeling that uh, is this the same old story just in 2023? Are they playing, you know, games 19 and 20 of the 2022 season? What's changed? And uh, so that's, there's a lot of pressure on them because, you know, people are tired of it. I mean... The Stampeders and uh, Ottawa met in the 2018 Grey Cup, okay? And, you know, Stamps won, go Stamps. And since then, they've remained relevant and they near the top. But Ottawa's fallen completely in the canyon since that time. I mean, they haven't even been close. And uh, that's a long time to ask uh, people to stay patient.
1: Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, Mark, um, Nick Arbuckle, do you think he was a systems quarterback? Because ever since he left Calgary, he has not been what everybody thought he was going to be.
14: Well, I think he had fantastic coaching here and a mentor in Bo Levi Mitchell, so that would be a two of the reasons that I think he has succeeded. And, uh, you know, he had some success here working with those guys. But you're right, and he's also been kicked around quite a bit, hasn't he? He's gone here, there, and everywhere. So there's a lot of factors that worked into it. But, uh, you know, it's uh, apparent that his success ratio elsewhere hasn't been as good as it was in Calgary because he was certainly a very important uh, part of the team when he was here in Calgary playing and, uh, you know, took over for Bo Levi Mitchell during some injuries.
1: Any concern if you're a Stamps fan about Jake Mayer?
14: Well, I don't know, if concerns the word, but he's gotta play better. I mean there's no doubt about that. Uh he did not play very well in the game against B C uh I think as well, he could have used some more help from his receivers. They uh, did not particularly make any uh, great or very difficult catches. So uh, they all got to play better. They know that. I mean, 15 points wins you very few football games. So they've got to play better. And, uh, you know, in a lot of phases, he's one of them. But the concern would be not probably accurate, but uh, just the sense that everybody has to pick it up this week.
1: Tell you what, though, uh, it was... uh... It was a pretty close game when you think about it all things considered against the BC Lions thanks to the defense defense did show up in that ball game
14: Yes, they did. They kept the Stampeders, you know, right around it. They were uh, uh, hanging around, hanging around until the very bitter end. And, you know, one play could have turned the game around, you know, after they BC really rocketed out of the gate. But after that, you know, the Stampeders really clamped down and didn't let them uh, do very much until just at the end. So that's one good sign. But one thing they have to do better is get more pressure on the quarterback. And uh, they didn't get enough on Vernon Adams, particularly in the early going of the game. So that's something they've got to do. But, no, the defense did play quite well but, you know, they can only be asked to do so much, too, right?
1: Hey, Mark, uh, I had to rub my eyes a few times. I saw Rene Paredes miss a couple of uh, uh, field goals that he doesn't usually miss. Is he fighting too many fires or what?
14: I wonder, yeah. No, the first two, <laughs> and i got to be honest, the uh, first one – it didn't decide the game, but it kind of uh, it was a deflating moment. because You know, Stampeders came running out of the gate there and thought they had something going, and they're completely out of character. He missed the kick, and uh, it was a little deflating. I'm not saying it is the reason they lost, but it was a contributing factor. So, you know, I, I think people are certainly uh, giving him more than the benefit of the doubt, but it was a, a pretty rough, rocky start, and uh, very uncharacteristic
1: of him, for sure. So, uh, Kadeem Carey, how bad's that injury?
14: Well, he's on the six-game injury list. It's uh, sort of a foot toe thing uh, that is bugging him, and they've got him in a walking boot, so yeah, I would say he's uh, out for a little while here, and uh, you know, they're going to have to turn it over to uh, Biedrich Mills, who coincidentally made his first start here in Ottawa last year and had a 100-yard game, so no, he's going to be out for a while uh, unless something miraculous happens, and I think the Stampeders do have very good depth at the running back position, but it's going to be tested early with Diedrich Mills, and Peyton Logan's going to pinch in as well. They want to keep him, though, fresh as the primary returner, but the two of will uh, supply a lot of offense for the Stampeder's out of that spot. Well, you
1: mentioned the pressure on the Ottawa Red Blacks, and that's a very good point. I wouldn't say pressure on Calgary, but in a what looks like it could be a pretty interesting West behind Winnipeg, uh, you don't want to fall down O two. 2 no, that's for sure. Yeah,
14: You know, they uh, they put the pressure on themselves right now, and certainly they've got to play better. But you're right, you, you know, uh, wins and losses in June count just as much as the ones in October do, so you want to start stacking them up as early as you can, right, in terms of the wins. So, yeah, I would say, uh, you know, the, the Stampeders do have a, a game against Ottawa. They should be the favourites in this game, but they've got to quit talking about being a favourite and play well. But uh, you're right, you've got to start stacking them up eventually, and uh, after a week one loss, uh, they can uh, get back to 500 this week with the uh, Ottawa game.
1: Okay, and a comment about what you saw from uh, the guy you watched for a number of years, Bo Levi Mitchell. What did you make of his performance in Winnipeg?
14: Well, it wasn't great, i got to say. He's uh, capable of much, much more. And, uh, you know, we'll see how the season plays out, but it wasn't an auspicious debut. So we'll see what he does in uh, the next round against Toronto. And, uh, you know, but uh, uh, we'll see. He's uh, still a capable quarterback, but he's got to show it. And could be just new people, or maybe he just had an off game too. But uh, we'll see how they do when they raise the banner in Toronto uh, on the weekend. Here. Yeah.
1: How intrigued are you to see how Chad Kelly plays for the Argos? They've got a pretty strong team, but the big question, mark. Is- At the most important position.
14: Yeah, I am quite interested in him, and uh, here's why. I mean, look, he came in and did a tremendous job at the Grey Cup in Regina, and, uh, you know, certainly was a huge part of the reason why they won, but, you know, he's got an awful lot of hype. Uh, You know, six and a half minutes is nice. But he's going to do it for a full season, can he? Uh, yeah, maybe, but I'd like to see it. So I'm kind of intrigued to see what he can do with a full season, uh, not just coming in in uh, you know, situations as he did last year. Maybe he will. Maybe he's the guy that can take over for Bethel Thompson. I actually quite liked him. I don't know. A lot of people would, uh, didn't like him. I thought he was very good, Bethel Thompson. So we'll see what Kelly can do. Uh, you know, maybe this is the turning point of his career. I think he's toned down some of his rhetoric a little bit and realizes that uh, there's a big challenge in front of him. And maybe he meets it. Uh, starting with the uh, game against Hamilton on the weekend here.
1: All right, Mark, lastly, uh, if the Stampeders are to uh, win this game, as many expect they will, what do they got to do?
14: Well, they've got to play up to their standards first. Uh, you know, Jake Mayer has to take a few shots downfield. Receivers have to help him out. Kadim Carey has to, uh, uh, or at least his replacement, has to uh, carry the ball. Diedrich Mills and to be very effective and efficient. They have to get a little bit of pressure on Nick Carbuckle, the quarterback, as well. So those are some of the things I think they can do. They just have to play better all around. Uh, you know, there were different things that uh, they just didn't do well enough, and BC was the better team uh, a week ago. So if they just play up to their standards. They they should beat Ottawa, a team that right now, uh, you know, I keep waiting for these improvements, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. But uh, I think the Stampeders just have to play to their standard.
1: The outstanding radio voice of the Calgary Stampeders, Mark Steven joining us. Thanks for your time, my friend. Okay, looking forward to the game in Ottawa.
14: It should be a, a good one leading up to the Rough Rider game next week.
1: Speaking of Stampeders, this next guy we're going to hear from is a former Stampeder. Of course, he's been around the league. He has biceps the size of Mosaic Stadium. Our own Blaine Wyland caught up with the guy who got the first sack of the year for the Rough Riders, Micah Johnson. All right, I'm joined with Saskatchewan Rough Riders
5: defensive tackle Micah Johnson. And Micah, uh, we're on the eve of your 35th birthday. You're still playing uh, football at a high level. What's the secret to your success year, year, year after year with your high-level play?
12: Well, I'm just constant work, man, honestly. Just... Uh never really taken much time off um in the off season probably you know take about a month off and then get right back to work i just found like the the older you start getting the more you're moving the better it works out for you so for me it's just about constantly being in motion um kind of changing how i work out not so much heavy lifting heavy weights as much as mobility and functionality and things like that so i found these past few years that's really been working for me well
5: were you at all surprised of, you know, Saskatchewan expressing interest in you? Not so much if your past history, but the fact of the defensive line, not really a weakness heading into the offseason with the guys they already had in
12: place. Um, Yeah, it was. It definitely wasn't a, you know, like you said, I thought they had a strong defensive line. So it wasn't the thing where I was looking, you know, at expecting Sass to, you know, reach out. Um, you know, it usually comes down to a couple teams every year. And um, when that opportunity came, Sass threw the hat in the bag. And it was a no-brainer for me over the, you know, Obviously, I'm going to put the other teams out there over the other couple teams. For me, just the relationships we built here, um, the camaraderie. And when I left, it wasn't a negative thing. You know what I mean? It was a family decision for my family, and everybody here at the organization understood that. So for me, it was just about getting back out here, man. It was a situation where I really didn't want to leave in the first place.
5: Going to Sunday's uh, win over Edmonton, a situation for the defensive line. You guys got five sacks with five different players. Pete Robertson, he didn't get a sack, but he Mm -hmm. still had a great game as well. Was it a situation after the game, you know, like a lot of times when you're picking a best player from the position for the defensive line, it was a hard situation picking one guy that Mm -hmm. stood out of your guys'
12: group? Uh, Yeah, I think it is, bro. You know, sacks are one of those things, man. It's ebbs and flows. And. Um, it's kind of tough because I hate it because you could play a great game, not get a sack. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for most of the fans, it's a column thing and that's what they're seeing. So, Pete, no, Pete had a great game. He mm-hmm. probably played the best yeah. <laughs> out of everybody. Yeah, so, exactly. he had a, it was, you know, we talk about milliseconds, man. It was two to three times he could have had the sack. He made some great plays in the run as well. He was active in the mm-hmm. run game and uh, he hit the quarterback a few times. So, for us, man, we just understand the fact that it swung that way where five guys got it. That's cool. But, In our room, it's all love, you know what I'm saying? This game, Pete could come out and get three. We might not get none. We're all happy. Ant could get three. DC could get, like, it doesn't matter for us, bro, because, you know, we just, it's a a real good, close group, so we're happy for the next man, and, you know, that's how D-line play goes, man. Sacks, they swing and go, so when it comes back your way, you just got to be ready. And as well, another stat,
5: you guys limited Cornelius to only 14 yards rushing. Can you just talk about your, the defensive line's ability to really limit that pocket? There was no lanes that he had to mm-hmm. run through.
12: I think that was big. Um, I think that's what we talked about a lot throughout the week. Um, I think that helps in situations where you have good continuity on the defensive line. Um, I think we really have that, and I think um, maybe more than any other group in the CFL, just understanding how we play, um, understanding how each other plays. It gives you opportunity to control the quarterback better. Like I know if ant's a high rusher, then I need to be more towards this B gap or um, ant likes to do an inside move. I know I need to be getting ready to move towards the outside or I know Pete's gonna rush high, so I need to be sliding position. So when you know that, then it's a lot of stuff that just happens without communication. It's just a natural, you know, pocket collapse that was pretty much happening every play. I guess now it's just over six weeks you shared a locker room with Anthony Lanier. Just wanna get your impressions of working with
5: number 90,
12: 91. Well, y'all people forget like before I left, I was with Ant last year, you know, before um the year the season yeah. I left. So it was one of the things he wasn't playing on to come out and we I got hurt and we had missed each other, but there were some games where we played with each other. So for me, like that relationship with those guys, like it kept going. You know, since twenty twenty we've been talking all the time on the phone, off season, you know, even with him in Hamilton, we're constantly communicating him and Pete. So I mean it's, it's it's the same ant man.
5: Could you see the signs early on in his career that you know he would develop into the player that he is?
12: Heck yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. He's just such a just a unique build. He's a long rangy guy. Um, you know, you talk about a guy six six and but he's extremely physical and I think that's what separates ant most taller, longer guys like that, they're more finesse players, but like that ain't ant ant is Physical, to hell, and the wrecking ball out there.
5: And your thoughts about the second year, guys, Demarcus Christmas, Miles Brown, working with those guys in the interior, guys. Uh, uh, just your thoughts about their leap they're making here in their second year.
12: Good, man. I feel like we got a deep group. Uh, we got a deep group. And we say pride in that. At Miles can do everything on the field across the board. Miles can play inside, outside. DC can do everything on the D line. Powerhouse, play tackle, and knows. So, I mean, those guys, it just adds depth, and it really, you know, that's our thing, you No know, drop off and play no matter what units in there. We're expecting, a, you know, a high level of play.
5: I guess this is your now third stint with the Riders, so the third home opener uh, in terms of your uh, opening stint sure. with the team. Uh, does that feeling get old, you know, walking out of the entranceway here at Mosaic Stadium?
12: No, I don't think it, I don't think it does. Um, for me, I think, you know, that's why I'm still playing because I still get that feeling. I still get, you know what I'm saying, the, the nervous energy before games and, you know, first game home opener here should be 30000 plus, so it's nothing like a home opener in Regina, that's for sure. And uh, Father's Day weekend is,
5: uh, you yeah, know, playing a game on yeah, Friday, the perfect yeah. way to start the weekend?
12: It will, man. Hopefully come into the uh, coming to Father's Day with a win, man, and, you know, I'll get my family up here in a couple of weeks. It'll be fun.
1: All right, thanks a lot, Micah. Appreciate it, bro. Micah Johnson, who had a sack to start the year for the Rough Riders and was a force. Uh, he's on a pitch count, obviously, up front, but uh, he definitely brings a lot to the table in terms of leadership and physicality. We'll be back with Glenn Souter, who's in town, getting set for the broadcast tomorrow on TSN. It's press coverage for Quality Tire. This show is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House here on 620 CKRM. <laughs>
2: Sports ticker for Busy B Overhead. Busy B will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy B Doors, the garage door specialists. Calgary Stampeders taking on the Ottawa Red Blacks, getting underway right now from TD Play Stadium in the nation's capital. Both teams 0-1 going into play tonight, so... Something needs to give. Earlier on this afternoon, the Toronto Blue Jays fell to the Baltimore Orioles. And uh, now the Blue Jays travel on down to Texas, Arlington, Texas, to be exact, to start up a three-game weekend set with the Texas
0: Rangers. Let's round the bases. Time for today's Sports Cage Regina Red Sox Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan 620 CKRM.
2: And the Red Sox Report is for the Canadian Brew House head to the CBH for a full bundle of items on that menu. They have everything you need from food, drinks, head to the CBH for a good time this weekend. And the Red Sox, they were having a pretty good time yesterday until, well, the rain started flooding in once again and ended up losing that ball game last night to the visiting Swift Current 57s. 10 to 6, the final score. On a good note, though, the Regina Red Sox have their manager in town, finally, after Ben Kaminoski was down south with Indiana State coaching with their baseball team, and they made a nice run there towards the College World Series. So I caught up with the Red Sox manager. When did you make up your mind that you wanted to be a manager? What was that process like for you to get your foot in the door to be able to do it?
15: Um, You know, a big part of that, especially when you're starting out your coaching career at a young age, I I just think, and I've been told by multiple other coaches that have been through all this before, you know, it's important to kind of put yourself in those situations early in your career. Uh, I don't want to say get out of your comfort zone, but a little bit, you know, it helps you mature a little bit and grow as a coach when you're the one managing the team, especially at a young age. So, um, you know, I was kind of advised to do that right away um, just to kind of get my foot in the door and, you know, start getting used to. Running a program and being on top of everything, being the one organizing everything, you know, running the lineups, making the moves and stuff like that. So, you know, it was something that I felt like I had to do to advance my career. Um, and then, obviously, at the collegiate level, especially the Division One level, you know, to become a head coach, that's a it's a long road you got to take. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot of guys are in that position at a four year school uh, at a young age. Usually, it takes a while. So. You know, the sooner you can get your foot in the door and start getting that experience, the better.
2: Was it like your goal to become a manager, just to stay in the game of baseball, or was that always something that you kind of wanted to do during your playing career?
15: Yeah, I mean, staying in the game was always something that I wanted to do. Yeah, Um, I knew that while I was playing, and you know, me being a former catcher, you know, catchers are supposed to be leaders, right? So that was kind of part of my game Mm -hmm. uh, as I was a player. So you know the transition wasn't all that different um you know you're still you got to be vocal you got to be a leader so you know that's all stuff that I was kind of used to but yeah i mean while i was playing i, I always kind of knew you know that day would come where i wouldn't be playing anymore you know it comes for everybody but um you know i knew i wanted to stay involved in the game in some way so yeah. you know and it's the next best thing you know obviously it's not the same as playing but you know, it's pretty damn close.
2: Red Sox manager Ben Kaminovsky and him and the team have an off day today, and the Sox are back at it tomorrow night at Curry Field, 7 o'clock opening pitch versus the visiting Fort McMurray Giants. Thursday's Red Sox report. This day in sports history brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, June 15th. 2011 Stanley Cup Final, Rogers Arena, Vancouver, B.C. The Boston Bruins defeat the Vancouver Canucks 4-0 for a 4-3 series win. And the Bruins end their 39-year Stanley Cup drought.
0: The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. And it's not every
1: fan, but fans are dumb. Like, after that game you mentioned, they burned, they vandalized their city and burned it. Denver won their first championship, and 10 people get shot. What? Some fans are stupid. Anyway. This, I
2: don't even consider those people fans. No, those are just idiots. This, those are just they are
1: they, they are idiots. You're right. Uh, this, um, this portion brought to you by Quality Tire 9 locations in Saskatchewan to serve you. Uh, check them out at qualitytire.ca. So, Glenn Suter, Riders Trade... They trade Zach Kalaros to Toronto. Toronto has a deal ready to go for Zach Kalaros. Apparently in Jim Pop's desk, as the story goes, and then he gets let go, and Kalaros doesn't stay in Toronto. He goes to Winnipeg. And ever since Zach Kalaros goes to Winnipeg, all he has done is go 34-5 in his games as a starter in Winnipeg, including the playoffs. Two great cup victories. Been in the last three and won the two most recent MOPs. Your thoughts on Zach Kalaros.
7: <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's the best player in the league. He's the best quarterback in the league, and um, you know, I, again, with the insight that I get with Zach when I when I talk to him, you know, either one on one or just our crew on Zoom calls and things like that, uh, you know, I I think when he, when that was all happening and he was making all those changes and the moves and he was being moved around from team to team. And then that injury he had when he started out in the league and, and that kind of sidetracked him, derailed him for a bit. But he 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 took it upon himself to lean right into Canadian football, to decide that I am going to understand the nuances of this game and and that's what I'm gonna focus on. And then he's matched up with Michael O'Shea, who he constantly talks about as, you know, one of the best coaches he's ever had in creating a uh, great locker room, and and uh, and then he's had a, a very good offensive coordinator in Buck Pierce, and before him, uh, Lappel, that uh, kind of helped with that system and helped with Buck's training in in that regard, and and that has all come together very nicely. But I I I, I want to emphasize that the the thought that Zach, after a couple of years in the league, then decided that I've got to understand. The angles, the motion, the wide field, the throws that are different. How are they different? The mechanics necessary to make the different throws. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that might be thinking right now. Well, yeah, that that sounds like a no brainer. A lot of fans think, and that sounds like a no brainer. Everybody does that, right? No, they don't. They come thinking that their college stats and their college numbers and their, you know, or their NFL numbers are going to carry them because they're just great players and they're going to be great players. Well, no. You have to learn. You have to make it your job to understand the nuance, and that's what Zach did.
1: Willie Jefferson's next sack will be his 60th of his career. His two past knockdowns last week increased his career total to 56. Adam Big Hill has 821 tackles in his career; needs 13 more to pass Solomon Ellemimian for sixth place all-time CFL list. Listen. I don't think Trevor Harris should play tomorrow. He's a game-time decision. He didn't sound too overwhelmingly positive Uh, listening to his interview here from today. um, If he's a game-time decision, we both saw him get folded up like a cheap tent in that game. uh, I'd sit him. I wouldn't play him against Winnipeg. How about you?
7: Yeah, I think it would... It would be risky, um, you know. I this is just such a um, a veteran squad with you know good pass rush and, and guys that understand timing and blitzes and stuff. And even if you have a good game with your offensive line, there will still be times that Adam Big Hill times a blitz just right, and you know he would beat the best line in, in the game. So it, it's going to happen with this team because they are that good. Um, but even despite the opponent, if Trevor can't can't negotiate the pocket if he can't escape um you know i know he's not a huge runner but if he if he can't you know just negotiate enough to avoid hits and and is is in his in his mechanics and fit, footwork then he can't avoid those hits or he can't protect himself and that again is risky so it, it, only he knows right now, and that's what I've been told. It's a game-time decision, so we won't know until tomorrow night. But, um, you know, it's hard for me to say yes or no, Michael, because I just don't know the medical report and everything. But uh, I, I think at the end of the day, it'll be up to the training staff and Trevor. Um I don't know. I it's game I, two,
1: I, Glenn. It's game two. It's not game move. twelve. It's not a playoff. There's no yeah. playoff implications right now. Uh, I'd sit them. I I think it's a no brainer. Uh, okay. And here's my follow up question to that. Okay, lead analyst of TSN football of foot lead analyst of of football in Canada hindsight being twenty twenty, would you have rolled Trevor Harris out at the end of the game and let him throw that out the back of the end zone? Or would you have put in the more athletic quarterback in Shea Patterson and let him roll out and throw it at the back of the end zone? I want to be clear about this. I've never coached in this league, so take what I say with a grain of salt. I never played in this league like you. Um And... um You know, Trevor was supposed to get rid of that ball early, and I do agree with the actual concept of the play. I just would have rather seen the more athletic Shea Patterson in there. How about you?
7: Yeah, yeah. You know, when I had a long talk with Coach Dickinson about this, um, you know, he he was ready to discuss it because he had heard that I criticized it on the air as well and it was and i i want to say that with uh with great respect because i think that's what the coaches should do when when they disagree with something we say or something that we analyze that they should talk about it they should call us or we should talk to them and and that's we had a really good professional conversation about it so i appreciate that from coach dickinson and i understand his idea because the, you know whether you're playing college football cfl or nfl um, you are, there. there is sort of a, a, a method to that madness where with 28 seconds left, you can only kill so much without getting a uh, delay a game call. And then you, you have about eight seconds left. You roll out, you throw it as high as you can. You probably can't kill the full eight seconds, but you can get it down to two so the other team only has one play. That is the theory in that. Having said all of that, I will still respectfully disagree with the decision because Trevor, you know, is a a veteran of 11 years. Um, If you're going to run that type of play in that scenario, then practice, I would prefer a team practice it with Shea Patterson or practice it with Mason Fine, who is, you know, a younger athlete that can sprint to the side, launch a deep throw as high as he can, and, you know, he'll... Um, you know, or run the ball, run the ball, and you know, protect the football. Remind your running back to protect the football. Take it down as far as you can, and then let your defense, because they were deep in Edmonton territory anyway. Let your defense finish the game off. I, I will respectfully still disagree with coach, but we had a great professional conversation, and I understand his thinking like you do.
3: And
1: and fairness, he was on this show saying I was on the sidelines muttering to myself throw it, throw it, throw it, and he should have thrown it earlier, and he should have kept running, he should have kept running, he stopped he, he could have thrown on the run, throwing it out of bounds, so some of it lays at the feet of Trevor Harris too, and we will have to wait till tomorrow, Glenn, until tomorrow when you join me in the broadcast booth and we'll have a clearer picture, have yourself a good night enjoy that Ottawa-Calgary game
7: Thank you, Michael. Can't wait. I appreciate it.
1: Take care, man. And right now, last I saw a scoreless Ottawa and Calgary. One In nothing. The... One nothing, Ottawa. Sorry oh, for Ottawa, that. Ottawa, yeah. one nothing. Okay, good. They got a power play goal from Debrinket. <laughs> Beat Markstrom over
2: the left shoulder. Yeah, the Red Blacks receiver's dropping some balls. Uh, Bray just dropped one. Did he? God, you got to help your quarterback out. Come on now. Isn't that People that... want to be hard on Arbuckle, but these receivers dropping balls? I don't know. Didn't Bray get. Cr- Is it. Wasn't Bray the guy that got caught with giggle grass mm-hmm. going across? <laughs> going across the. I think you're correct on that. One. I think I am. I that think old go- giggle grass will catch up to you if, yeah, you, exactly. if you get goofy well, with it. I,
1: for, forget catching up to the giggle grass. Catch a ball, Bray. Catch a ball, Evan. Bray can catch better than you, Quan Bray. Yeah, yeah. Evan Bray. our outgoing uh, police chief. That will do it for us here at the sports cage. We have an abbreviated show tomorrow from three until four. Then our pregame show four until. 7, and the kickoff just after 7. For my buddy Sean Kleisinger, I'm Michael Ball. This show's been a presentation of the Canadian Brew House. If you're just driving around, get down, watch the uh, rest of this CFL game, watch Major League Baseball. they got all kinds of sports down there, and a new menu, too, for you to look at. Uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Today's Sports Cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at
3: sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source 620 CKRM.